Dirty Thursday with the Bullring Boys. And how about this? Johnny Gibson's in the studio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Today's show, by the way, brought to you by your auto equipment experts. For all your car equipment needs, check out auto equipment experts in Grand Forks. They're an AC Delco distributor for auto parts and so much more. Auto equipment experts, they also sell and service all major brands of tire machines, wheel balancers, hoist, air compressors, and pretty much anything you need to stock your shop or for all your weekend warriors to stock that garage too. Locally and employee owned, check them out. Auto Equipment Experts, 5036 10th Avenue South and North in Grand Forks, or call 701 757 2500 or go to autoequipmentexperts.com. Auto Equipment Experts open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. Well, you knew the routine. Uh, you know the routine. You know the drill. Any questions or comments for any of us, feel free to call or text our number here at the studios, 701 213 0863. Again, 701 213 0863. Well, before we get too much further time now for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me, here we go. A uh, race car driver went to the doctor and asked how to have a better sex life. So the doctor tells him, run five miles a day. So a week later, the doctor called and asked, how's your sex life doing? Well, the race car driver said, I don't know, I'm 35 miles away from home. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think of that one? Uh, next, I know, that was pretty Next lame. week, it work a better one there. Try to, try to find decent racing jokes, and uh, I think we've used them all up. Uh, Johnny <laughs> Gibson, welcome. How are you? Great to be here, man. Uh, looking forward to, uh, hopefully, a big night of racing tomorrow night with the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series. You yeah. know, it, it seems like every year uh, when the Outlaws are here, it doesn't matter if the Sprint Cars or the late models, we always have a chance for rain well every year I, I seem like i get anxiety this time of year because <laughs> <laughs> you're hoping and hoping and you wait for these guys to come and like this first time the first time they came up here with, with gibson and all and my dad came it was his first world of Allah's race so he was here from montana and then it was like perfect we did we did time trials everything was perfect then mm. all that rain came and i'm like oh my gosh yeah you know hoping for my dad so this weekend i'm just praying again because he's coming again so yeah. let's try this again you know, it's just all part of the business, isn't it? It really is. And uh, again, you know, I know you guys up here are in a drought, and yeah. you hate to say, "Hey, well, you know, can we not have rain so we can mm. get the races when there right. when there are bigger things to to yeah. think about?" You know, uh, they could do this. Uh, rain starting at about midnight tonight. Yeah, uh, go all the way to like six a.m. tomorrow. So then it dries up. So we'll be able to race again in Fargo tomorrow for you guys. Uh, Devil's Lake for me. But uh, no, it'd be no, nice to get far, some rain. It, you, now you're a day ahead. So okay, wait. No, tomorrow, tomorrow night's here. Okay, yeah. yeah it'd be yeah. nice to get rain at midnight tomorrow night. You yeah. know, I've been told that all week long. See, it's the same thing. It, it kind of runs downhill. <laughs> I've been just weird all week with, with my dates. Um, away from racing, Johnny, tell us a little bit about yourself. Because as far as I know, all you do is follow the world of outlaws. Uh, that is basically what I do. I'm a race fan. I go to as many races as I possibly can, whether it's the races that I announce for the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series or any other races I can get to as far as uh, sprint cars, midgets, open wheel racing. I'm an mm -hmm. open wheel guy. I'm not much of a late model person. Right. But, uh, you know, as many races as I can go to, um, as much music as I can listen to and maybe play a little bit, and as much Penguins hockey and Steelers <laughs> football as I can take in. And, and we're we're going to get to all that, too, in a little that's bit. A, that's good. We're gonna, I like to dive in a little bit deeper because there's a lot more to Johnny Gibson people think. And I realized a lot of that yesterday. Such a cool thing. Yeah. So. Um, when you get to go watch racing and you're not working, yep. how much of a treat is that? Because it, I don't ever get to hardly do that. It, it is such a treat because that's what got me into the sport 
to begin with is just being a fan. And it's nice to still be out, still be able to go out and just be a fan and not have to worry about being there at noon or 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. and, and oh, setting yeah. stuff up. Or, or what's going to happen tonight? Am I prepared? Do I have my notes done? Do I have everything ready to go? I can show up. When the national anthem is playing, walk in the gate, go grab a beer, sit down, watch race cars, and if I don't like what I'm seeing, I can get up and leave. Yeah, I mean, you don't get that option when you're behind the no. mic. Yeah. <laughs> One of those ones. Not another caution. Come yeah. on, yeah. it's pushing late here. How did you get your start, Johnny, in calling races? Um, basically by pure luck and being in the right place at the right time. He used to hand out. Uh, used to be at the front gate. Handing out pamphlets, right? Or, uh, uh, selling souvenir, souvenir programs. That's yep. right. Souvenir programs yep. uh, over 25 years ago. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. started working for the World of Outlaws in 1995 selling programs. Um, actually, let's go back a little bit before that. Uh, moved to Indianapolis from Pittsburgh in 1994. Uh, met a gentleman named Bill Woodside who was working for the World of Outlaws selling the souvenir programs. And I would go to World of Outlaws races and grab an armful of programs and go walk through the stands. You know, hey, get your program here. It was a way to make a couple bucks and mm-hmm. get into the races for free. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I showed up to help him at I-96 Speedway in Michigan the Monday after the King's Royal in 95. And he wasn't there. And the staff said, we haven't heard from him. We don't know what's going on. Um, Sell the programs yourself tonight. And at the end of the night, they still hadn't heard from him. They said, well, we race Wednesday in Memphis, Friday in Houston, and Saturday at Devil's Bowl. Can you come and do those races until we figure out exactly what's going on with Bill? And you know, if he shows up at those races, we'll take care of you and, and you know, make right. sure you're not out of pocket or whatever. So drive to Memphis. First of all, had a day job at the time. I was working uh, night shift. I shouldn't say a day job. I was working nights editing newspaper ads. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Holy and um, <laughs> said, uh, hey, I'm going to be gone this week. And they basically said, well, if you're gone this week, just stay gone. I was like, that's fine with me. I'll find another job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, drove to Memphis, uh, sold programs that night. When we got to Houston, found out that Bill had indeed resigned to turn in all the equipment and everything. So they asked me if I wanted to take over full time traveling with the outlaw selling programs. And yeah, the answer was absolutely. Sure. Yeah, right. So I did that all of, or the rest of 95 and all of 1996. And in those days, uh, World of Outlaws races were televised by TNN, the Nashville Network. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So on the televised races, when I was done selling programs, I would go work for the production company. I'd be a spotter for a cameraman or a runner or whatever. <laughs> right. Just you know, something to kind of keep busy and help the broadcast. That's how I met Bobby Gerald, who was doing some pit reporting for TNN and also announcing at a couple of tracks in California. So we get to Hanford, California, King Speedway in September of 96. And Bobby comes up to me before the races and says, when you're done selling programs, come up to the booth. I want to do an interview with you. I think it's a really interesting lifestyle you have just following the races and selling programs and being a race fan. So I went to the booth, talked to Bobby for a little bit. And Bobby said, you know, you're pretty well-spoken. You've got a great knowledge of this sport. You know these guys. Have you ever thought about doing any announcing? And I said, not really. <laughs> yeah. Hands me the microphone and says, first heat race is coming out. Go ahead and give it a shot. <laughs> Throwing you to the wolves. And the rest is history. So I did the one heat race. Yeah. And didn't think anything else of it. Went back about my business selling programs. And three weeks later, the Outlaws were in Hartford, Michigan. And Ted Johnson, the founder and president of the World of Outlaws, before the races that night, calls me up into the office of the souvenir trailer and says, uh, Johnny, we're going to do something a little bit different next year. And my first thought was, I guess I have to go get a real job again. Yeah. <laughs> Back to editing ads. <laughs> and he says, you're going to be our announcer. Wow. Holy cow. I'm like, 
okay, I sure, why not? Yeah. So at that time, the Outlaws did not have an announcer that traveled with the series. Mm -hmm. They just used whatever announcers were at the tracks where they showed up. Mm -hmm. And there were some really good announcers, but there were also some that had no intention of reading our commercial scripts. Sure, sure. And it basically cost the Outlaws a sponsor that year. Oh, yeah. So really, I was hired to do commercials. I wasn't really even necessarily calling the races that first year. I did some, but not all of them. My main concern was making sure all the sponsors were taken care of. Everybody got hit their to- at, their, at their times they needed to. Yes, yeah. yes. And it kind of grew from there, and here I am 25 years later. I, wow. I think it, it's an amazing backstory, too. And knowing, knowing where you've come from, where you've done, you, you've also played music in your background. Yep. I mean, you, you love doing that. Uh, I'm, a mu- I'm an old music major, yeah, so that, yeah, I'm that, a was, music guy that too. was pretty cool when I read about that. And over 2,000 consecutive. Is that what it is now? 2,000? well over yeah, that now. We're, we're, we're closing in on 2,100, I believe. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> so and, you take, take COVID year, for example. Well, I know. It, well, you were, we had you scheduled for last year. And right. uh, the day of, you thought that maybe you had contacted COVID. Right. And you were worried I, to come I, into the studio. I which... had been around people that had tested positive. Uh, you know, Out of four people in the booth at a certain race last year, I was the only one that didn't. Get mm-hmm. Right, right. It's because you're so, so damn we, healthy. <laughs> we, went, we went from a, a full broadcast last year to pretty much a skeleton crew for the World of Outlaws here mm-hmm. in River right. Cities. Right. Um, working, you mentioned Ted Johnson. Uh, what was he like? I met the guy one time way back in the day, but um, what was he like to work with? Ted was a passionate race fan. Yeah. And you know, there were times where you wouldn't necessarily see that because he had to balance an entire race series on his shoulders. I mean, back then mm-hmm. there were, you know, what, four full-time employees for the World of Outlaws. I was just an independent contractor at the time. And he had to take care of dealing with promoters and dealing with the race teams and, and you know, trying to balance what's best for the series right. as far as the fans. And But if you got him away from the racetrack, because he could be – cantankerous is the best yeah. word I can describe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, and actually, when I talked about that race at Memphis, my first time there as a program seller, you know, when they asked me to fill in for Bill, mm-hmm. yeah. we had a rain delay that night. So I was sitting in the office of the souvenir trailer with Ted and a couple of other people. And during the rain delay, that's when I really got to find out how big a race fan Ted is. We just sat around talking about racing and like this big facade that you know this gruff tough exterior Mm -hmm. melted away and i i found a guy who had you know very similar background as i did he loved racing and just wanted to be part of it yes yeah um i want to go over through a couple of texts here quickly uh before they get too much we've already got a ton of them uh what time could pit pass ticket holder enter the pits for world of outlaws and where's the best entrance for this i couldn't tell you what time uh if you go in by home of economy what's it say up there um Okay. Uh, also, uh, Kaylee says, thank you for making an appearance at Carts last night. It's always a treat to have you there, and it uh, makes them feel special, too. was super awesome that McKenna was the Junior 2 feature winner and had you announcing it. Uh, Terry Blacklands, I don't know if you know Terry, been around the racing business for a long time. His son is still racing. In fact, I think Terry's working on getting back into a car. He just got a new hip. Oh, boy. Well, picked up a new hip. But he uh, says, ask Johnny where this past week's Knoxville Nationals ranked in his experience there, and what was his favorite moment? 
Oh, wow. Um, yeah, if you can sum it up all into one, right? Yeah, I, I mean, the Nationals is just the Nationals. Yeah, yeah. I tweeted last week that it, that it, it just hits differently. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it is such a pleasure to be some small part of the, the greatest short track event in the world as far as I'm concerned. Oh, and, absolutely. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to get to work with a, a crew of very talented announcers to call the action. Um, you know, my favorite moment at Knoxville, I don't... I don't even know if it's a moment where I've been part of the broadcast. I think my favorite moment was my first ever Nationals in 1990, watching Bobby Allen win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. So it doesn't have to necessarily, it's just, like you say, you're a race fan at heart. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. you go back from when you did that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there are too many great Nationals moments to, to pick just one. I mean, I just, I, I so look forward to that week in August every year. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, Kyle Owney said, don't tell John about the Mountain Dew he gave you. Kyle, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a free one last week. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. Um, every once in a while, a couple of times a year, I get to go call the go-kart races. It's kind of a fun little night, isn't it? It really is. And, and, and last night, I, I mean, I just show up for the features and i was running a little bit late last night i got into a repair project on the motorhome that took way longer than i thought as they always do right um but i, I got over there in time to do the features and the uh the junior one class i believe they wanted to do the four wide so we did oh, yeah. we did the four oh, yeah. wide for the for the junior ones and that was pretty cool i know i talked to some race car uh, some kids last time you were here johnny and did that for them and thank you again for doing that for us it's amazing you go over and do that they had goosebumps in the car because they could hear as your voice as you come around the corner. Those kids will remember that forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, so when when you like last year, we got to see Johnny Gibson on Fox. Yep, you know because you did a bunch yep. of you did a bunch of those uh, simulator stuff on there, yep. which was awesome. Now they can go and have their friends be like, "Hey, that guy announced my name." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So I know my kid would hold that up to a pretty cool thing. I was doing a remote yesterday for Circle of Friends yeah. at uh, one of the Hugo's locations in town, and, and a go kart racer with his daughter came in to get ice and everything for the races last night, and he goes, um, uh, he says, "Are you announcing tonight?" I said, no. I said, Johnny Gibson is, and his daughter, who's the racer. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, she was so... I mean, it almost looked like she was nervous. It's a pretty cool thing. That's a pretty cool thing. <laughs> um, and this is one thing Chad hit on, and, and I had no idea. I came in yeah. today when Chad walked in, and I'm like, well, I found out a lot about Johnny Gibson yesterday, and I start talking about these things after you and I visited yeah. yesterday. And he's like, well, yeah. He started out doing this. He, he played drums. I knew this. I didn't know any of that stuff, yeah. but um, it, it surprised me. Uh, I, I knocked on your door yesterday. I, I found out. I've been creeping you. Found out where you're at, and um, and and I walk in and beautiful motorhome. But then you've got a guitar stand there with three nice looking fiddles sitting there on there, and I'm I'm like, you play? He's like, well, yeah. And then he starts digging <laughs> out stuff. And um, Katie, where Katie's are you? Gone. She's gone. Okay, and. Um, uh-oh. He's like, well, yeah, and he actually played me a couple of tunes from a band he's oh, yeah. played in, and um, we're going to talk more about that, but I want to show you one thing first uh-oh. here. What, uh-oh. What yeah, let's see find? if we can. It'll take her a second to pop this up. Oh, it's Google? Oh! <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Look at that, Johnny. Right yeah, in the middle. That, that's me in the middle. Can yep. you blow that up, Katie, or not? So that would have been, uh, the, that band was called Torn and Frayed. That would have been 1991. Uh, we won the uh, In Pittsburgh Magazine Rock Challenge. Uh, got, oh, wow. Uh, got like 100 hours of studio time for winning that contest. Um, my, my claim to fame from, that rock, from the Rock Challenge that year was, uh, 
God, I just went blank on the on the band that we beat. That they went on to be way more famous than we are. Um, really? Who did uh, "Send Me on My Way"? They used it in the Enterprise car oh, commercial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But but we beat them in the finals of that uh, in it, Pittsburgh Rock Challenge. Was that a snake <laughs> you were holding in that picture? Yes, it is. Was it your yeah. pet? No, it, it was actually our bass player's pet. That oh. I just thought it would look cool for the picture. <laughs> You look like you're just going on tour with Bon Jovi or something back then. <laughs> that is so cool. Now, you started out as a drummer? Yeah, I, uh, I played drums. Um, I really didn't start playing guitar and st- until I started traveling with the Outlaws. Uh, it was way easier to carry around the guitar than mm-hmm. a set of drums. Well, so. yeah. I'm, I'm thinking you ignored my last text yesterday saying, hey, if you want to do a song, bring a flat top with you. <laughs> yeah. I did not get a reply. I even got up in the middle of the night to check my phone to see if I got yeah. a reply, but uh, there wasn't any. There's there's one thing I wish I had. You know, I, I was a music major back yeah. when I was going to college, and when I quit being a music major, I just kind of quit music in general, I think you'd say. Mm. I, I wish, I look, looking back, I, you know, it's so cool that you keep on doing that and you keep on playing and that is just yeah, really I, I, I've been really fortunate. Um, so a couple of the songs I played for you yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that happened three years ago when I was back in Pittsburgh for Christmas and yeah. Thanksgiving. I uh, got together with some of the guys that I used to play with, including a couple of guys in Torn and Frayed that you saw in the picture there. Yeah. And uh, we booked some studio time and went in and recorded a couple songs that I had written. I started writing songs when I started playing and oh, started wow. traveling and had a chance to go in the studio and do some stuff that I thought sounded pretty cool. So <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, I'd, I'd actually love to try to figure out a way to get one of those songs played here uh, right now. If we could, I don't know if we can do it or not. Well, I don't Katie know. Here, but uh, it was good. I was mean, it? it was really good. I, it's, so, it's so cool. When you look back at what you, your life has done and where you've been, would you go back and pursue the music side of things? I don't know. I, I, you know, if it fell into the place the right way, possibly, but I just, I'm very fortunate. I've gotten to do things that I really enjoy throughout my life between right. playing music and now working for the world of outlaws. Right. So let's go. Now, another thing I found out about Johnny was I get to talk to him every so often. Uh, I met you back in Minot yep. uh, when we were down there and you, at that time, we were talking about how you travel so much. Yep. And at that time you had an apartment and you said, yep. you know what? It's straight motorhome for now. How's that been? It's been fantastic. I wish I would have done it 15 years ago. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, the last apartment I had was in Minneapolis, and I was home 89 nights the whole year. Oh, oh gosh. So you're and, paying rent on a lot of nothing. Yeah, exactly. And, and that year, I had a motorhome. I got my first motorhome, a little 25-footer, but I was still going back and forth to home. Right. I was just staying in the motorhome when I was on the road. And that season taught me that, you know, I could do this motorhome thing full-time and not have to worry about the apartment or mm-hmm. trying to get back to someplace. I can just kind of go from place to place and have home with me wherever I am. Yeah. And, and uh, that awesome. new motorhome, by the way, is pretty swank. That's a nice, I, that's a nice set of wheels you got there. It's not bad. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not bad. But it's, I mean, that's a 2002. It's not like I'm mm-hmm. in a brand new Prevo or Noor no. or something like that. Sure. But it still, it still beats that doing that instead of paying rent and not being yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. So you take the money for rent and put it towards the motorhome is still there. Yeah. But now you got repairs to do, though. Yeah, yeah but, uh, you know, it, it's like anything else. There. Mm-hmm. You know, if you own a home, there's always stuff you can oh, do. Yeah. Same thing with owning a motorhome. You're basically driving a house up and down the road. So there's always a little project to, to sure. be working on. Um, we should have uh, held on about the go-karts for a second here because I'm right. going to get a few more texts. Uh, Joshua says, cool thing about the kart track. Uh, there are drivers there that graduated from there and are competing with the World of Outlaws this weekend. 
They have for years, of course. A lot of the sprint car drivers here in the Grand Forks area uh, started out racing go-karts. Uh, Brett says our son Brandon has Johnny's autograph hanging in the race trailer, and he won the Junior 2 Yamaha race last night. Uh, Jenny says my son told me about 10 times to make sure I record when Johnny <laughs> said his name. <laughs> so cool. Uh, Heather says I send Chad snaps when I go to concerts when they have good drummers yeah, and she, drum solos. Yeah, okay. she knows I was a music major back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, one of the cool things about going to the cart races and calling them, you know, the names that I recognize, the names that I know are going to be second or third generation yeah. drivers coming up. It, it's so cool to see that. When you, uh, one of those we can think of right now is Dobmeyer. Yeah. 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 So he's got two of them out there he's now. He's got two out there going Jackson now. Jackson and Ty. How cool was that to have him down in Knoxville? It, it's just so cool in general to see him back behind yeah. the wheel of a sprint car and, and the level of success that he's had since yes. coming back. I think coming into the Nationals, I believe the stat I dug up was he had won five of his 12 races back. Yeah, plus the, like that. Plus the bull hauler in Houston's for 10,000. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, and I got, he has a two-seater, two-seater uh, sprint okay. car. I got oh, to ride in the back of that. Yeah, they, holy cow! Yeah, <laughs> they wanted me, and I designated it to somebody yeah. else. Uh, I mean, those—you tell me a race car driver is an athlete. I'm telling you right now, I'm yeah. I'm well overweight. I'll just say that. Uh, and when we come out of corner four towards the wall, I think I might have uh, lost my breath. Bit. Maybe yep. pooed a little bit. Um, but I tell you, when you look at races that the we've seen, you learn on a podcast. <laughs> But you, you look at you look at what you what we've seen though, and I, I look when they go into the corner. I always refer back to last year's race because when Kyle Larson went in corner one, I don't think he lifted. No, and so to have him just turn that thing sideways and just the, the G forces take you. I was out of breath over three laps. The one thing I remember about that race, and we're going to talk about this now because, it, in my opinion, that, that year we had two of the best finishes ever, and w- both were World of Outlaw races. Well, um, right. But that one with Kyle Larson making the pass, uh, uh, the yep. thing that comes to my mind is the World of Outlaw uh, track worker that was sprinting for his life to, to get out of the way there. <laughs> but um, you remember, the, I'm sure you remember it like it was yesterday. Wasn't that one heck of a race? It was, but that's just kind of typical of what I see at River City Speedway, and that's why it's my favorite track of the 380-whatever I've been to. Um, you know, that my, my thing about River City Speedway is I've seen some great races there, I have not really seen any bad races there, yeah. and that's why it stays number one on my list. There are tracks that I go to. I've seen fantastic races, but I've also seen a few that were you know, not very good at all. Right. I've just not had that experience mm-hmm. at River Cities. And uh, that answered the next question from, uh, let's see, one of them wanted to know how many racetracks have you been to. Oh, Amanda Joe, how many different racetracks yeah. have you been to? You just kind of answered that. Have you ever rode in a sprint car? That's another question I, I have never been in a two-seat sprint car. I've actually gotten to drive a sprint car on oh, three occasions. Really? Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. How fun was that? Yeah. I was, the first two times were fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What about well, the, third the third time? <laughs> yeah, he's not going to. Did oh. you put one in the fence? Yeah. yeah. Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> who's, whose car was it? Uh, I was uh, back when Dave Blaney had a yeah. driving school. I, yep. I put the school car in the wall at Texas Motor Speedway. <laughs> a lot of damage? Uh, birdcage, Jacob's Ladder, Torque Tube. Yeah, uh, just, okay. just a little minor. That deserves one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny Gibson's in the wall. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was completely my fault because since I had driven twice before, I thought, oh, you know, I sat around watching people get in the school car and go out and kind of putt around the track. Right. And I was like, well, I can show these guys how it's done. <laughs> And, and I got to the point where I could kind of, you know, just kind of drag the brake to get in the corner to kind of set the car. And, yeah. I, 
And I went to go into the turn and went to drag the brake and drug it a little too hard and it spun the car around. And I was like, oh. I spun out. And then, boom, like, what was that? Well, I spun and backed up the track and hit the wall oh, with the left rear corner. Sure. Uh, I tell you what, uh, when, when we were talking about Mark Dobmeyer, when he was healing, he had uh, one, of the, one of the cars that he destroyed out in western North Dakota, he had made into uh, a simulator. And uh, so I turned one night, we were out there, and I turned about 25 laps or so at Knoxville. Uh, you should have seen how black and blue I was just from bouncing <laughs> off the cushion. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I probably, out of the 25 laps I did, I think I went five complete laps where I did not let off. But after that, it was just a crap show. Right. I, 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 yeah. Now I know why I talk and not race. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a little break here. World of All Law announcer Johnny Gibson is in the studio. And again, Dirty Thursday brought to you by Buffalo River Speedway in Glendon. Uh, when we get back from the break, we'll go over your track schedules here. But uh, special shout out going out to Valley and it's an oil change. You know, life doesn't seem to ever slow down. Uh, everything needs to be done now. And when it comes time for an oil change, stop into Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Uh, most of their oil changes are done within 15 minutes. What I do is I pull up, I sit in my truck. It takes them a few minutes. They go through all kinds of different things. They top off my fluids. They check my tires, my battery, my lights, my wipers, my cabin air filter. Uh, they also do uh, coolant flushes, tranny flushes. And you know what? You get discounts for fleets and the military. Uh, they can text and email invoices and coupons. Make sure you mention, when you go in to get that oil change, mention Grand Fork's Best Source, and they'll give you 10 bucks off your oil change. They're open all the time, seven days a week, no appointment needed. Pickup and delivery is available if you live in Grand Fork's. Check it out. Valvoline Instant Oil Change is more than just an oil change. 3325 South 38th Street or call 701-780-8462. Make sure you tell them Grand Fork's best source sent you. Uh, quickly going over the race schedule tonight. Norman County Raceway in Ada. It's the season championship for the IMCA Sprints. Sport Mods, Stock Cards, uh, the Wissota Midwest Mods, the INX Legends are there. Of course, tomorrow night here at River City Speedway, we've got the World of Outlaws and the NLRA Late Model Tour is going to be here. Saturday, Devil's Lake Speedway. I'm going to be down there calling the races. Professional Dirt Series. you got the Wingless Sprints, the Trophy Class. Uh, up in Greenbush Race Park on Saturday, A-Mods, Midwest Mods, Streets, Pier Stocks, Four Cylinders. And then on Sunday, River City Speedway. Uh, or well, Saturday, first the Enduro Races. But Sunday, IMCA Mods, Limited Late Models, Lightning Sprints, and the BRRS. And, of course, World of All Laws go from Grand Forks tomorrow night to Fargo on Saturday. And then is it Houston on, on Sunday? Sunday yep. Houston's. So, you know, it, it seems like uh, every time you guys come to Grand Forks, uh, usually it's after the, the, the uh, Knoxville Nationals and then the early race. But it seems like you guys always get a week off or, or a good chunk of the week before you run here at River Cities. I would imagine now we're just talking about this three-day stretch you've got going on, but and I'm sure your stretches get longer, but how nice is it to be able to get, like you did to Grand Forks this week, on a Monday and not have to worry about really too much until Friday? It, it really is. And you know, from this point forward, our schedule really is not all that busy. We've got a busy weekend coming up in two weeks. We're uh, three nights in a row at Skagit Speedway in Washington and then uh, fourth night in uh, Grays Harbor Raceway. So we go four nights in a row there. But that Monday night race at Grays Harbor, which is actually Labor Day, is our final midweek show of the year. From mm -hmm. there on, everything else is just weekends. There's a lot of travel involved, but uh, the, the season is kind of starting to wind down a little bit. So when the season comes to an end, how much time do you get off? Um, basically I'm off until we kick off the next season at Florida in February, but there are things to do in between that, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of on call. And then in a normal year, 
I would go to Australia and mm-hmm. call racing in Australia. Of course, last year I did not get to go, and it doesn't look like I'm going to get to go this year. They're still pretty much locked down from the COVID thing. Sure. So I uh, have to see what I can come up with during the offseason, maybe spend some time in Pittsburgh, and who knows, maybe uh, talk to some of those band guys again. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah we'll do some band stuff. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. my question was going to be, uh, if you get a little time off, like a month or whatever you guys yep. get, uh, I was just wondering, where are you going to park that RV? Actually, I kind of go back and forth. Um, normally, I'll stay in Charlotte, uh, World of Outlaws headquarters for uh, a few days after World Finals wraps up, and then go to Pennsylvania. I'll be there for Thanksgiving, back with the family. Yep. And then I normally go to Indianapolis, and I'm usually there for the PRI show. And then if I'm still around for Christmas, kind of go back to Pennsylvania, or maybe back and forth between the two until it gets uh, too cold to stay up north, and then maybe it's time to head to Florida with the motorhome. <laughs> get, get to warmer weather. When do you... When do you go and make all your recordings? I know you do a lot of pre-recordings to make sure you give your voice breaks during the during the day at the races. Um, normally, those are recorded during that opening week at Volusia okay. Speedway. Um, normally, we don't have all of those ads finalized until the week before the races or so. Sure. So the that's when I I do the recording and and they change throughout the season. So there are some things that I have to go back and and, and re-record. Do you, are you able to are you able to do that on the motorhome or yeah. do you have to go? Okay. Yeah, no, I can I can do that in the motorhome. Just uh, get out the mixer and the laptop and uh, mm-hmm. you know. that is just so nice because I know it, you talk so much throughout the night and so much action happens. It's probably nice to have that break. It really is. And 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 you think about the fact that I have you know, anywhere from. 18 to 24 or 25 commercial reads that are probably 30 seconds each and they need to be done two or three times a night depending on the Mm -hmm. sponsor so it's nice to have those i just press play on the ipod and and it goes from there that's perfect is there any race or type of racing johnny that you would love to call besides dirt stuff no nope that's it you know i'm kind of the same way Je- uh, I think Jeff Gordon asked him the same question. Uh, <laughs> I want yeah. to say during, and he just yeah. said, but it's still pretty, it was still pretty cool to have you do that kind of thing. Dirt is just where your heart is. It really is. And you know, I've had some overtures from, you know, NASCAR and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, just nothing, you know, definite, but like, hey, you know, if, if the opportunity came up, would you be available to do something like this, you know, MRN or whatever? And just, I'm not interested. It's right. not, it's not that I don't, respect other forms of racing it just sure. doesn't do it for me personally mm-hmm. and i think the biggest advantage i have when it comes to calling the races for the world of outlaws nos energy drink sprint car series is the fact that i'm passionate about what i do and right. i think that passion would be lacking in any other form of motorsports and i think therefore i'd either not come across uh, as exciting or that excitement would be faked and i, I don't ever want to be accused of faking something mm-hmm. when, when you look at other stuff that goes on throughout the, like, say, the, that, that winter time, Chili Bowl, all that. Would that be something to be interested to do, announce that? I've actually done the video for the Chili Bowl. I used to, um, when Greg Stevens' motorsport video was producing the videos, yeah. I would call the race. Bobby Gerald and I would call it live to tape, basically. Would sit in the booth, watch the races, and call it for the video. So, And uh, before I became a full-time World of Outlaws employee, when I was just an independent contractor, Chili Bowl was my winter job. So I worked there for 20-some years. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. oh, wow. I did not know that. That's so, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, about that. So we I've done a little bit one. of everything at the Chili Bowl, from announcing to selling tickets to running a greater and water truck oh, that's, wow that dude so does he's it done all. track prep yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool one thing i forgot to do and i need to do this right now so here's what we're going to do uh, of course the um happy harry's rocking up north fest uh kicks off tonight tonight uh joe nichols is playing tonight uh i've got a pair of tickets 
Also, Jordan Davis is playing on Saturday. I've got a pair of tickets to that. Here's what you need to do. First one to text me, say you want the tickets for Joe Nichols or Jordan Davis. Our number is 701-213-0863, and you will get those tickets. Um, Johnny, somebody asked me your thoughts on Casey Kane running the Roth Motorsports car oh, for the rest of the year. Oh, I was going to ask that. Who took that question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's super cool. I think uh, you know, Casey looked really good when he was driving his own car before James McFadden made it over here this year. I think he looked uh, as good, if not better, than he's looked in a sprint car in quite a long time. Right. And I think pairing up with the Roth Enterprises machine – I think it's perhaps his best chance in a long time to get that elusive first career World of Outlaws victory. So when you look at his own racing team, does that help out that fact too? I mean, when you look at he can gain more experience on there where it goes back to his own racing yeah, team? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for that is maybe not necessarily the, the gaining the experience. I think it's the fact that it it will you know, be a little bit less of a distraction for his okay. own teams. That yeah. he, He's kind of off doing his own thing with the Roth Enterprises crew and not necessarily... You know, having to put a third car out like they've done several times with the, the KKR guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Amanda Joe kind of wants to know, how about the uh, separation from Roth and, you know? Uh, I mean, what can you, you say? If you want to comment it, on it. It, it, it happened, and yep. you know, the, the outlaws had no choice in the matter. I mean, when mm-hmm. you take an inspection sticker off of a car that passed inspection, put it on a car that you know will not pass the inspection. Right. That's kind exactly of cut and dry. what happened. They're, okay. I, I didn't yeah. hear the whole story on that. Rules so. are rules. And I don't, exactly. I, I yeah. don't know where they thought down their, their thought process, Johnny or, or John, of where they thought they're going to get away with this. Yeah. I and, mean, there's something there yeah. that just wasn't Especially clicking. Especially with the world of all odds. Yeah. It's like, come on, they have tech, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, everybody wants to know, and I don't know if you can answer this or not, is Kyle Larson coming? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay, I didn't think so either, but man, that guy, it it doesn't matter. He could get on a three-wheel trike. I think he just won again on dirt this week. He he, he won the Stoops Pursuit Midget Race last night as part of the BC39. (laughs) He'll run the feature there tonight, or the qualifiers and the feature. Um, I I don't know for sure that he's not. I don't actually no i don't necessarily expect him but uh yeah. well you know if you think about it uh, i remember back in the days steve kinzer uh ended up going uh, what did they call it back then the uh iroc yep and then ended up doing nascar uh did okay for a while uh, yeah, i think it was, was kind of a little was, beginner's luck there but um well, well the, the iroc thing was really cool he won that, that race was at cool. talladega yeah that was awesome and then that kind of led to his uh his nascar ride which was in a uh, relatively underfunded team yes. and I, I think it you know it made steve kind of look bad sure and, uh, sure it did I agree. Uh, but, you know, my thoughts were at that time was, wow, the guy can drive on asphalt, too. But, uh, boy, this Kyle Larson has just taken it to a whole different level. Uh, Kyle Larson is the most talented race car driver I've ever seen. And that's just, uh, you know, and when I say most talented race car driver, not perhaps the best sprint car driver, although he may end up being that as well. But right. he is the best at jumping in any kind of race car in any circumstance and... Being able to put a car up front. Oh, I was just going to say that, too, because when he can jump from Watkins Glen on, on Sunday, come to Knoxville Nationals that week and still win, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And then you throw him in a late model on top of that, and he wins in a late model. Yeah. Then he wins in a midget. Then he wins in Chili Bowl. I mean, I saw on Facebook last night, uh, they're talking about everything going on, and it goes, oh, by the way, uh, Kyle Larson won in an upset. <laughs> yeah, an upset. <laughs> Uh, this is something I also didn't know about. Local guy, Grant oh, Boyd, was a crew chief for Casey Kane. We got a call. We Hello. got a call. Hello, are you there? Oh, hold on. Now can you hear me? Nothing? I got nothing. Uh-oh. Somebody wants to call Technology. in. Technology. Technology. Did they call the right great. number? 
Is Bluetooth on? Hello? Hello? <laughs> well, I got nobody here. Oh, boy. So, when you, when, Johnny, let's look back at, at your career. As the, as, I mean, when you look and you, say, you always say all the time, you're never working because no. you're, you're enjoying the bet. You're having the best day of your life. Right. Uh, is that when you look at other announcers, say us, um, it's just so cool to watch you come into a racetrack and help the facility. Uh, be part of it. Like we called you. Oh gosh, it was two weeks ago. I think River Cities yep. called you. Like, hey, do you need this? Do you need this? And then you come up to our booth and like, let me let me simplify this for you guys. And you did that for us. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, I mean, part of that is basically my my own OCD when I come in and <laughs> look at you know cables kind of laying. I've seen and that. I, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's you know I. Again, I am very fortunate to do what I do, and so whatever I can do to help give back to the industry and the tracks that have allowed me to basically live a dream for the past 25 years, you know, anything I can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. You know, you it's say phenomenal. 25 years. Uh, have you got a, a, a time or date when you think, you no. know what, man, this road is getting to me. Uh, I've had enough, uh, or you're passionate enough. But you, that's the last thing from your mind, in your it, mind right it, now. It really is, um, you know, that... The only stipulation I have on when the career is over is the fact that I have some good friends out there that I rely on their judgment. If mine fails, I don't want to stick around and be calling races when I'm not at the top of my game. Um, I I listen to a lot of sports driving up and down the road. You right. know, if I can't be watching the Penguins game, I'll be listening to or listen to other hockey teams or listen to football or whatever. And... There are a couple of broadcasters that I grew up with Mm -hmm. that are still calling events, and I listen to them and go, man, I I don't want to do this. I don't want to be trying to call a race when I'm not really capable of it anymore, and I'm not sounding my best. Um, You know that that's a little sad to me, and and so I've, I've I've Talk to my friends privately. I've actually posted it on social media. If there, if there comes a time when I'm still out there doing it and I don't need to be doing it because I'm not doing it well, somebody tell me. I'm not going to get offended. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go out that way. I don't right. want to rem- be remembered that way. When you, when you look at the career and then you go to racetracks where there's kids that have recited the four wide salute to you, how cool is that? It, it really is. And, and, you know, I think sometimes... Perhaps I don't appreciate it the way I should just because it, it does happen a lot. And, and I, again, I am so overwhelmed by the fact that you know, that little phrase has kind of become you know, <laughs> something that you know, people recognize. Yeah. Um, I still get goosebumps. Oh, yeah. All the time. Every time. Every single Especially, time. Okay, so you look back at, at Fox Sports when you did it for, uh, yep. for the simulators that we did with Jeff Gordon, Clint Boyer, and then you were on there. Yep. And you did the four white salute. Even those guys got like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You're, I mean, you just ha- it's just that way he delivers it. The way he presents it is just still mind boggling and goosebumps. And you just like it's game time now. <laughs> yeah, it's time to go because these guys are going to put on a show. Um, by the way, I did friend request you on Facebook after it took me forever to figure out where you were <laughs> okay. under. So, um, um, and this is another question. I, I tell you what, uh, we have got a ton of people watching the show today. 
Uh, do you think uh, you know who the rookie of the year is for this year with World of Outlaws? Who's who's in the front running right now? It'll be James McFadden. He's okay. the he's the leading contender right now. Yep. And uh, back to Casey Kane Racing. Yes. Know. Yeah. We just we just touched yeah. on that. Okay. Um, yeah. Another thing. There's questions, Johnny, that we ask race car drivers every week when they come on the Dirty yep. Thursday Show. Brought to you by Buffalo River Speedway. Uh, I always ask the drivers: Is there anybody you will not park your hauler to? Or next to somebody texted in wanting to know is there anybody you won't park your RV next to? <laughs> um, not that I can think of. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That even came up. That's pretty cool. All right, how about this one? Being a Penguins and a Steelers fan, are you a PA Posse fan, Pennsylvania Posse fan as well, or yeah. are you strictly outlaw? Well, I, again, having grown up in the Pittsburgh area, Pennsylvania is a little bit strange where the Pennsylvania posse is not necessarily the entire state. So no, I grew up in no. western Pennsylvania, which for sprint car races meant Lernerville, Mercer, Tri-City, places like that. That's not technically considered posse. The posse is central Pennsylvania. It's oh. Williams Grove, Lincoln, Port Royal, okay, at the okay. time, Sealands Grove. So western Pennsylvania guys weren't necessarily considered posse so being from western pennsylvania i'm not necessarily a posse guy so okay i'd say my allegiance definitely stands with the outlaws <laughs> oh all right well that's a good answer yeah um after all these years is is do you have a favorite driver no. uh, somebody that you just you could confide in you could talk to you could bs with all the time mm, and just no and 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 that's one of the things that i i think as an announcer um you know i, I don't need to have like if right. if, if you see me away from race day when I'm not wearing the World of Outlaws polo and the yep. white pants or whatever. The blue and white. You know, you, will, you won't see me wearing a racing t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't do it. I just don't think that that's right. I don't think it's, it's fair for me to single out a particular driver and, and promote a particular driver by wearing their apparel or right. by saying I have a favorite. I think it's just, uh, it's just good business as a broadcaster to try to stay as impartial as possible. You know, I kind of think the same way. Um, I've got a ton of racing apparel uh, from different race car drivers, right. and, and I don't wear them hardly ever either because I feel the same way. Even though some of these shirts and hats are so cool, I don't want people to think that I'm favoring anybody. Right. Well, let's go. I got one question, another question. for I've had a lot of questions for Johnny. I apologize. But no. uh, when we looked this year, Bristol on Dirt, yes. how was your oh, experience man. there? Um, I'm torn because Bristol as a broadcaster, as an announcer, not necessarily the greatest experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not saying it facility-wise or anything like that. It's just the fact that you are so far away from the racetrack there. We are in that upper tower, and you're looking down on the race cars. You don't really get the sensation of speed. It's just, uh, it's sometimes difficult to identify cars. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know, well, I'm very grateful to have Dirt Vision be part of the, that broadcast and have the the screen in front of me to be able to see the cars sure. that way. But uh, and 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 the speeds at Bristol were just outrageous, and I think you can see that in the type of racing that was taking mm-hmm. place. There. Oh yeah, you could see the drivers showing each other a little more respect than perhaps they would on a, on a track the size yeah. of River Cities. And, and you know, you hit at the top of the show, Johnny, too, about um, uh, you've called some really good races and some really bad races. This kind of takes me back to to back in the day before the World of Outlaws started coming. To River City Speedway, uh, they would make their stop in Fargo, and I believe it was usually at least a two-day stop. Maybe sometimes might have even been three. Lots of but, times um, three. Yeah. yeah, but back when it was the half-mile track, yep. Um, 
I don't remember a whole lot of really good racing at I, that track. I, I remember one. Okay, yeah. yeah. But, you know, you get your top five, and there could be 15 seconds between first, yeah. second, third, fourth, and fifth, and you don't see that in the smaller tracks. No, you don't. And, and that's why, as, as a race fan, I prefer small racetracks. That's just where my, you know, where I've seen the best battles and the, and the best action. The small racetracks, you get in lap traffic on lap three or four, and, uh, you know, it's just fantastic racing uh, and 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 again some people like the speeds of the big fast half miles right. and there's something to be said about that as well mm-hmm. hey uh look who made it into the yeah, studio producer paul's here yeah hey. hey you made it yeah i think i got a little bit of heat stroke yesterday out uh, doing our circle of friends remote that yeah was... it was uh that was pretty brutal oh yeah. by the way paul johnny <laughs> I, <laughs> I, tried, I did try to call in because I, I did have a question you guys oh that to... was you that called in yeah, yeah we couldn't yeah. get it on there for some I, reason i think we need to pair the new one that's why it was oh okay. oh, oh sure but we got a new board go here. for it well okay so this was when you were talking about the irox mm-hmm. now i always remembered the what was it the trans ams or the camaros they always had yeah, IROC whatever, yeah. international yeah. race is, of champions is that what okay that's yep. what i was gonna ask i, I always wondered what that stood for because yep. i was always like it was like i rock yeah. like yeah. Yeah. I drive a camaro or, or what? well you do but uh, <laughs> um do you have a favorite race in your career that you called best race favorite race one that is the most memorable to you johnny no, I, I don't have a, a favorite race. I, I do have a moment that kind of really stands out to me, and it goes back to my first year as the announcer for the series in 1997. But to be able to call Brad Doty pacing the field at the King's Royal in the oh, restored sure. Coors Light car, that, yeah. mm-hmm. because Brad was, was one of my favorites as a race fan growing up. So, and, and the fact now that I, I consider him a friend and we exchange phone calls and text messages about stuff, and, but... To be able to do that, especially in my first season as the series announcer, was was really cool and really special to me. That's awesome. Wow, uh, Katie, have we had anybody calling in about those tickets yet? Oh, Brittany. Okay, so when it, when does she have tickets for? Did she win for tonight or for Saturday? Huh? Which night? Which oh. tickets? There's two different nights there. Oh, well, I don't know. I didn't realize it was. Don't you pay attention? Oh, I <laughs> she hears you every week so yeah. no she doesn't have to pay attention <laughs> yes tell you what 701-213-0863 give us a call here after the show and we'll figure this out but uh we have got some tickets here for the uh rocking up north festival starting tonight and that's gonna be a good time uh so this is what's left or are these the ones that are gone there's those are the ones are getting which, there's another guy to text in i'm gonna ask Brittany which one she wants okay okay well, then we should be done there. Yeah, we're good. <clears throat> All right. Um, gosh, you got anything else? No, I, I know we're getting close on time now. I just want to, Johnny, thank you for coming in today. Thank uh, you for having me. This has been fun. This is, this is awesome. It's always great to talk to you at the racetracks and see you. And, and uh, it was so cool listening to you on Fox. Uh, when you talk about being not being at the racetrack. Oh, there's a question real quick. Not being at the racetrack. Take a COVID year. You broadcasted not always at the racetrack. Yeah, we, we actually we only did that the one time. The, right. the return to racing that we did at Knoxville with no fans in the stands, I was in the studio in Concord, North Carolina, in the Dirt Vision Studios. Tony Bachoven was in the booth at Knoxville Raceway, but we called the race together. Oh, <laughs> how, how awkward or kind of confusing was that? You know, actually calling the race just was just like normal. We just did our, our, our normal thing. The, the, the strange part was... During the downtime, because normally you know, I can look at somebody and, and kind of ask a question or, mm-hmm. or know when they're about to talk. And because we couldn't really see each other, we, we kind of stepped on each other a little bit, not during the race call, but in the time in sure. between the races. Yeah, trying to pick up the slack, yeah, right? Exactly. No, I, 
Johnny, thank you for all what you oh, do for I, the sport. I got one more. Oh, go ahead. Uh, this is a question I ask everybody that comes on the Dirty Thursday show. Oh, Johnny good. Gibson, yep. how do you want to be remembered as an announcer? As a fan. As somebody who was excited about what he saw night in and night out. As somebody who was the luckiest race fan in the world to get to see the best sprint car drivers every night and get to talk about it. Dude. I said it all right there, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. Thank you so much for your support, Johnny. I, we really yeah. appreciate it. Really, really do. And, and I, and I was just stoked. One of the first things I said was I saw Johnny Gibson today and he wasn't wearing white pants. That's <laughs> like the first time I've ever seen that yeah. uh, again, Johnny, thank you. And we will see you tomorrow night. Sounds good. Thanks guys. All appreciate right. it. How about Thanks, that Johnny. dirty Thursday brought to you by Buffalo river speedway, Johnny Gibson, your world of outlaws announcer, special shout out going on out there to rumor sports bar and casino for bringing you today's show. I love uh, rumor sports bar and casino. Um, they're right across the hall here. There we go. Uh, they've got all kinds of great things. What I like about them the best is not only the world-famous beer tower, but wall-to-wall TVs. Watch your favorite sports team. Maybe you like the Pittsburgh Penguins. Maybe you like the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. If you don't, there's something wrong with you. I'd rather watch the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> yeah. Something wrong with check you. Out our, check out our, our statues there, yeah. Check it out. Rumor oh, Sports Park Casino. Yeah. Lots of great lunch, dinner specials. Fiesta Friday coming up tomorrow. Got to love that. And uh, also, we're going to be at Circle of Friends. It is the Scan Donation Campaign with the Circle of Friends Animal Shelter. We're going to be at Hugo's today in South Washington from 4 to 6, so check that out. And leave us that Google review at the end of August. We're going to pick the best one. They're going to win a Vibe Pro Virtual Reality Machine courtesy of Sundog Mining. This thing's worth like $1,200. Uh, Sundog Mining, by the way, looking to hire some help. You want to find out more, check out Sundog Mining LLC on Facebook for more information. Starting wage is $15. Tomorrow morning, ah, we got our morning update. Of course, our Grand Forks Best Source Sports Show. It's all coming up tomorrow. Make sure you hit the world of all odds tomorrow night. Keep your fingers crossed. No rain. If not, they're going to be racing in Fargo on Saturday down in Houston on Sunday. And make sure you like, share, tag, and follow us. And hit that notification bell on your smartphone, too. That way you'll never miss a show, all right? You know, the Grand Cities is a great place. Grand Fork's best source. We're giving it an identity again.